0: Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. The reason why I'm playing some Native American music is because right now there is a reenactment of The Longest Walk. It is the 30th anniversary of The Longest Walk. If you know what The Longest Walk is, you're special. If you don't know what it is, please go to thelongestwalk.org. The Longest Walk was the chance for a lot of Native Americans to walk across America and go to Washington to have their voices heard. So, you ready to get into some happenings?
1: Yes, it's happening time.
0: (laughs) It is Interfaith Week. Interfaith Week, 2008. Here is some of the schedule of events. Friday, April 11th from noon until 6 p.m. and Saturday, April 12th, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., Church Women United World Hunger Sale at the Newman Catholic Student Center, which is at 715 South Washington. For more information, you can contact Marjorie Parker at 549-7193.
1: Okay, then coming up on Saturday, April 12th at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center, that's at 200 South Illinois Avenue, there will be the Our Faith Children's Art Exhibit. This is uh, organized by Marlene Shepard. It can be reached at 521-3541. And that's an exhibit of art from children from uh, different faiths. So it's a collection of them all together and put on display.
0: Also, Saturday, April twelfth, which is well, tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow, tomorrow.
0: Ebru Marbling, five thirty p.m. at the Carbonell Civic Center. It doesn't say anything about who it is. Do you know who it is?
1: Hmm. Ah, uh, no, I, I should. I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Also. Saturday, April 12th at the Carbondale Civic Center, the Interfaith Week 2008 Awards Banquet, 6 p.m. dinner, 7 p.m. keynote, featuring William Schultz. Do you think I pronounced that right? William Schultz. At the Carbondale Civic Center, 200 South Illinois Avenue.
1: Yes, and one of the happenings for Interfaith Week that already happened was one that I went to. Um, It was interesting. It was called Photoshop Jesus, and it was a presentation of different images of jesus set to music and then they had people of non-christian faiths respond to how they you know from their faith perspective what their response was to the imagery so it was really interesting we had lunch together we had good discussion so uh i haven't been to all the interfaith weeks or all the interfaith events this week but it's pretty good stuff
0: and I know we've been announcing the biointensive gardening workshop, but it's been moved one week to, due to the wet, 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 wet weather. Um, it's not going to be this Saturday, but next Saturday, April 19th. I think they're just trying to get it closer to Earth Day. All other details remain the same. And um, interested gardeners should pre-register as space is limited. So more information is... The Biointensive Gardening, Saturday, April 19th from 8.30 to 4.30 p.m. at the Hickory Lodge Community Garden. Can you dig it? Learn to increase your vegetable yields in a smaller space while improving the quality of your soil over the long term. Now help build a community garden that will benefit the Good Samaritan Food Pantry. For more information, contact Biointensive Teacher and Environmental Educator Dana Carner at Living Soil at Hughes. .net or
1: 618-319-0542. All right, let's see. In other happenings, we have... Um, here's an interesting one. Monday, April 14th, that's this coming Monday at 6 p.m., in the Student Center Auditorium. Sex in the Marketplace, Why Men Earn More Than Women. This is the 6th Annual Vanderveer Chair Lecture uh, Presentation uh, of Professor Solomon W. Polacek. So once again, that's this coming Monday at 6 p.m. in the Student Center Auditorium.
0: There's something else that's also happening in the Student Center, but this is the Student Center Ballroom D. So once you've gone to one, you can go to the other at 7 p.m. Stranger at the Gate, to be gay and Christian in America, address by the Reverend Dr. Mel White, who has been a Christian minister, author, and filmmaker all his adult life. Hmm. That's Monday, April 14th at 7 p.m. in the Student Center Ballroom D.
1: Uh, Now, this next one is one that's definitely worth catching. Coming up on next Wednesday, April 16th at 6 p.m., The Climate Project. Orbeck, owner of Advanced Energy Solutions, will present an updated multimedia presentation of Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth. This is hosted by the First Christian Church, located at 306 West Monroe. That's the corner of South University and Monroe.
0: And next Wednesday, April 16th at 7 p.m., 201 Lawson Hall. Appalachian Treasures the Struggle to Save the Heart of Appalachia. Guest speakers are J.W. Randolph and Russell Oliver of Appalachian Voices, sponsored by the Geography Club, Student Environmental Center, Co-Research Center, and the UCM Interface Center. For more information, dub3.appvoices.org. And... We've been talking, I've been talking with my family about um, all the hazardous waste that we have sitting around the house. So this next one.
1: Yeah, this next one is, uh, it's so important we're reading it a little bit in advance. It's coming up not this Saturday, but next Saturday, April 19th, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's the Free Household Chemical Collection. This is at the SI Airport on Route 13, west of Carbondale. You can call 684-3143 extension 128, or you can visit RecycleJacksonCounty.org for all of the details.
0: So collect all your household chemical waste and bring it out there because apparently they want it.
1: Yeah, they like collecting toxic waste.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be right back after our musical interlude. So you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. It is spring, get out, get loud, because there is a lot of stuff happening in the world. Our top news story is diversi- diversifying your stock, your stock portfolio, as in... Hunting and fishing groups worried about climate change's effects on wildlife. The hook and bullet crowd, traditionally quite a conservative bunch, is worrying more openly about climate change, particularly its forecasted eff- effort, effects on wildlife critical to their sports. The Wildlife Management Institution, a sports organization, released a report recently highlighting climate change's possible detrimental effects to often hunted species. Disappearing wetlands could contribute to a 69% decline in North America's breeding ducks, and nearly half of U.S. trout and salmon habitat could disappear by 2100. Climate-fueled habitat changes could also lead to declines in population of mule deer, elk, pronghorn antelope, and quail. Representatives from the Wildlife Management Institute and eight other major hunting and fishing groups are meeting with Representative John Dingell, Democrat of Michigan, chair of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, to discuss their concerns. Spokesmen are seeing the effects of climate change and know full well that foresight and proactive management will be necessary to help fish and wildlife adapt, said George Cooper of the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. Straight to the source, the Associated Press, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I have a new a way of um, defining climate change. Climate change is bipolar weather.
1: Uh, bipolar weather.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's on both sides of the earth, but it also does not know what it's going to do.
1: Huh. All right. So, in other news, sworn to be wild. Uh, that makes me want to sing. Sworn to be wild. <laughs> House gives thumbs up to conservation program. Some twenty seven million acres of federal land in the western US and Alaska would be formally recognized as conservation worthy under legislation passed Wednesday by the US House of Representatives. The National Landscape Conservation System has been in place since the since two thousand to quote conserve, protect and restore these nationally significant landscapes, and the House legislation would codify the program into law. The bill doesn't restrict current rules on recreation, energy development, and grazing rights on the land, but keeps any future Interior officials from deciding to abolish the NLCS protections, which in general aim to keep NLCS lands from permanent development. The Senate is considering similar legislation, and the Bush administration has indicated support. Straight to the source, Associated Press, the Conservation System Alliance. Harold Ford.
0: Ford lays out how it will reduce fleet emissions. Ford Motor Company on Wednesday laid out specific plans for reducing the greenhouse gas emissions of its vehicle fleet by at least 30% by 2020. The announcement comes in response to shareholder resolutions filed by members of the Interfaith Center on Corporate Responsibility, representing about 300 religious investors, and the Investor Network on Climate Risk, organized by green-minded investment group Cirrus. Says Mindy Luber of Cirrus, quote, Ford is taking a critical first step to align its products with the climate change challenge before us. But let's not fool ourselves. This step is only a beginning. Straight to the source PR, PR Newswire and the Dow Jones. So, Ford is again trying to position themselves as a green car company. Which, mm. is that an oxymoron?
1: Yes, well, I guess we'll see about me. <laughs> In other news, is our. <laughs> oh, I almost, I almost read this. Headline the grammatically correct way. You
0: almost corrected it on the (laughs) fly, huh?
1: Is our textbooks misleading? (laughs) Students charge that textbooks downplay climate change. Quote, Science doesn't know whether we are experiencing a dangerous level of global warming or how bad the greenhouse effect is, if it exists at all, says the widely used 2005 version of Advanced Placement High School Textbook American Government. The text, written by two prominent conservatives, goes on to imply the cause of climate change is in doubt and that the negative effects of global warming will be balanced by positives. New Jersey high school senior Matthew Leclerc wasn't fooled. Quote, I just realized from my own knowledge that some of this stuff in the book is just plain wrong, he said. He brought his concerns to the think tank Center for Inquiry, which wrote a report detailing the book's biases. Publisher Houghton Mifflin says it will review the text, and points out that it has improved things in the latest versions, in which the above sentence was changed to, Signs doesn't know how bad the greenhouse effect is. Straight to the source, <laughs> Associated Press, Friends of the Earth, and uh, that, that's interesting news there.
0: <laughs> You're supposed to say the news with a straight face. I, I
1: try. Sop- <laughs> sometimes I laugh in spite of myself. <laughs>
0: This one should get us both a laughing. Troubles a brewing, climate change affects
2: no not beer.
0: If dire warnings about threats to global health and security don't move you to care about climate change maybe this will. Climate change could make beer more expensive. Malting barley will likely be harder to grow in a warming world especially in Australia says climate scientists Jim Saliger he warned at an Institute of Brewing and distilling convention on Tuesday that within the next thirty years quote either there will be pubs without beer or the cost of beer will have to go up now that's something that fosters fear straight to the source Associated Press and the New Zealand Herald and I have a flyer here for a benefit to help stop human rights abuses in the agriculture industry and to fight global warming in the name of it. Stop the Slavery, Save the Ales. That's pretty catchy. Yeah, that is catchy. If global warming trends continue, hops could be non-existent by mid-century. No hops means no beer. And that's what it says on the flyer. Stop the Slavery, Save the Ales at Hangar 9, April 13th, which is this Sunday at 8 p.m. A benefit to help stop human rights abuses in the agriculture industry and to help fight global warming. That sounds good. Rock out against slavery and save the ales by Uh, drinking some ale.
1: Yes, and save a few ales for me. (laughs) In other news, actually, in uh, climate-related news, coal under fire. With concerns about climate change mounting, the era of coal-fired electricity generation in the United States may be coming to a close. In early 2007, a U.S. Department of Energy report listed 151 coal-fired power plants in the planning stages in the United States. But during 2007, 59 proposed plants were either refused licenses by state governments or quietly abandoned. In addition, close to 50 coal plants are being contested in the courts and the remaining plants will likely be challenged when they reach the permitting stage. What began as a few local ripples of resistance to coal-fired power plants is quickly evolving into a national tidal wave of opposition from environmental, health, farm, and community organizations, as well as leading climate scientists and state governments. Growing concern over pending legislation to regulate carbon emissions is creating uncertainty in financial markets. Leading financial groups are now downgrading coal stocks and requiring utilities seeking funding for coal plants to include a cost for carbon emissions when when proving the economic viability. So coal is under fire. And actually, I don't know if it will be printed or not, but I just wrote a letter to the Daily Egyptian about uh, coal-fired power plants.
0: Does it say coal was under fire?
1: It didn't didn't say word-for-word coal was under fire, but uh, it was saying how people had recently mentioned the importance of renewables and such, but it was saying, oh, we need to have coal still, though, and we need to build some more coal plants in order to keep us uh, having enough energy (laughs) and I didn't agree with their perspective
0: well every once in a while I throw out a tip today's tip don't waste old magazines some of us just got far too many magazines fortunately there are lots of things you can do besides just recycling them we have already suggested turning them into ornaments and even building furniture out of them but there are lots of other ideas floating around the web the first and best thing of course is to pass them on, donating them to hospitals, libraries, and waiting rooms everywhere. My personal favorite is actually to bring them to the laundromat. There's always people sitting around there who, while they're doing laundry, want something to read and so you can set up half a dozen magazines out on the table. I got so many that I'm setting up a box in front of my house where neighbors can pick them up and choose from them. Now Kelly Lee at Green Daily suggests FreeCycle. Have you ever tried FreeCycle?
1: Um, I've seen it. I've never actually given away something on it, but I've. I've well, you can get stuff too if you're looking for something. <clears throat> yeah, you can get all sorts of stuff. There were a couple times I almost did, but somebody had snatched it before I had. Yeah, yeah. see, because there were per- such good deals.
0: So one person's trash is another's treasure. I did this with a couple of years' worth of design magazines and had lots of takers. Now, she also recommends homeless shelters and senior centers. If that fails, she just suggests making custom envelopes and great ransom notes to put them in. I'm reading more and more of them online, but find it hard to in the bathtub. Hey, hey. So, yeah, recycle your magazines. That's the tip of the week.
1: All right, in other news... Put It In Parks Private Land Inside National Parks Under Threat of Development Nearly 2 million acres of private land within the boundaries of the U.S. national parks is at risk of being developed if it isn't purchased by the federal government soon, according to a report from the National Parks Conservation Association. Some 4.3 million acres of private land lie within the park boundaries, 1.8 million acres of which are considered high-priority purchases, and could be acquired for a total of about $1.9 billion. The NPCA is calling on Congress and the next U.S. administration to fund the acquisitions before the parks, services, uh, centennial in 2016, and before the private landowners decide to develop their property. Quote, People who use and visit, n- visit national parks will be surprised to learn a lot of land within national park boundaries is not protected, said Ron Tipton of the NPCA. Quote, it's not a pretty story that we have park lands that are threatened for sale and that there is no money to do anything about it. Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times, the Star-Ledger, Associated Press, and the National Parks Conservation Association. Who knew
0: that the uh, national parks were not actually parks? Democratically challenged. Democratic delegates will compete to be the most eco-friendly at convention. As if the Democratic National Convention wasn't fun enough on its own, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has announced an exciting Green Delegate Challenge for the August Rendezvous in Denver. State delegations are encouraged to buy carbon credits to support clean energy products in Colorado, and the delegation that offsets the most of its travel will reportedly get better placed and decorated seating at the convention. Not only that, but each individual member of the winning delegation will receive, receive a separate eco-friendly prize. But mm. wait, there's more. Every single delegate who offsets his or her travel will receive a wearable green item to flaunt during the week. Yes, really. Huh. I bet it's going to be one of those little bracelets.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, That, that could be one of those bracelets. I yeah. hope it's like a big, funny-looking hat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one might think that the Democrats would want to stress cooperation over Competition as their contentious presidential primary con- contest comes to a head. what whatevs. Straight to the source: The Washington Post, the Denver Post, the Daily Camera, and the Rocky Mountain News.
1: Yeah. Well, they, I guess maybe they've already are in such a mindset of internal competition that they couldn't help but turn the green uh, into uh, competition as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I guess as long as people are using it as a, a reason to t- do ecological stuff, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it looks like we've got time for uh, probably about one more here. Um, this next one is called "Steal Yourself," and that's S-T-E-E-L, "Steal Yourself." Labor and <coughs> excuse me, labor and environmentalists join up for a green jobs campaign. A new green jobs campaign has been launched by the Sierra Club, NRDc, the United Steelworkers, and the Blue Green Alliance which is itself a project of the Sierra Club and the Steelworkers Union. The Green Jobs for America campaign, moving forward on the momentum of last month's Good Jobs, Green Jobs conference, will be focused in 12 states and will aim to raise public awareness, encourage private investment in renewable energy, and push for green-minded policy. Straight to the source, uh, PR Newswire.
0: I have to read these two other headlines. Maya Lin Memorial to the Environment. Maya Lin's name is familiar to many people because of her famous war memorial to Vietnam veterans in Washington. So she's going to do a mo- memorial to the environment called Missing. It is a memorial to the environment on all the species and places that have gone extinct. And the other one is trying to rubber the right way.
2: <laughs>
0: Brazil is going to start making condoms using rubber for trees in the Amazon hard-up for ways to preserve the Amazon rainforest, the Brazilian government has announced it's opening a condom factory that will use rubber harvested from the imperial rainforest. The new factory aims to displace about 100 million of the roughly 500 million condoms the country imports annually. Straight to the source, Reuters and the Associated Press. <laughs> so,
1: so now you can do your part for the environment by uh, choosing your condoms wisely. <laughs>
0: We're going to start the spring membership drive pretty soon, so... Basically, we're going to go until we get all the money, so if you want to send in your money now...
1: Yeah, you could get an early start. You could yeah. spring into action and support WDBX. Cause well,
0: support us more. Yeah. yeah, we're more important than just WDBX. Yeah,
1: you've already... Hopefully, if you're listening, you've already decided, we like WDBX, we want to support it. So then you can choose to support it by supporting this particular radio show.
0: Well, this is from uh, the Live Earth concert on Wednesday... David Rovix yes. playing
2: a love song. When the world has gone crazy and it's all becoming clear When they're gunning down our comrades and it seems the end is near As they're loading up the launchers for the tear gas grenades We can take off our bandanas and kiss behind the barricade. When it's madness all around And you can see this at a glance We will sing and we will cry We will laugh and we will dance As they shout their marching orders Beneath the helicopter blades We shall seize the moment For a kiss behind the barricades They will try to break our spirit And at times they may succeed But our love for the world Is stronger than their greed When the building is surrounded And hope begins to fade In my final hour A kiss behind the barricades As the movement grows There will be hills and bends But at the center of the struggle are your lovers and your friends. And the more we hold each other up, the less we can be swayed. Here's to love and solidarity and a kiss behind the barricades.
0: Don't forget that this month is Earth Month. The Earth's birthday is April 22nd. But please feel free to do something for the Earth at any time, but the whole month is Earth Month.
1: Yes, we love the Earth.